Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. My name is Todd Stiles. I'm one of the pastors here at First Family Church, and really glad you've tuned in. The Extra Point Podcast is an opportunity for me or others or other of our pastors to share some extra material, some further additional insight into last week's text. And so today, this Tuesday, I'd like to maybe talk a bit more about the idea of baptism, both why I don't think it means water baptism in Romans 6, but also why I think water baptism is uh, an important step in discipleship in the New Testament. Regarding why I don't think that the word baptism used by Paul in Romans 6 refers to water baptism, and again, let me just repeat, there is disagreement on this, good people Men and women fall on different sides of it. I tend to think he's not referring to the the ordinance of water baptism. Uh, instead, he's using the word to describe our deep immersion into Christ's death. James Montgomery Boyce brings some pretty good insight into this. So I'm going to read a, a paragraph from his book on Romans. <clears throat> Here's what he says, and he takes 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2, to bolster his uh, stance on this, those verses say this, when Paul wrote, I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And so here's what he says, and I quote, that cannot be referring to a water baptism because the only people who were immersed in water were the Egyptian soldiers, and they were drowned in it. The Israelites did not even get their feet wet. So what do these verses mean? And what he's asking there is, what does the use of a baptism mean in these verses? Again, I quote, Obviously, they refer to a permanent identification of the people with Moses as a result of the Red Sea crossing. Before this, they were still in Egypt and could have renounced to Moses' leadership, retaining their allegiance to Pharaoh. But once they crossed the Red Sea, they were joined to Moses for the duration of their desert wandering. They were not able to go back. He continues a few paragraphs later by saying this, quote, This is exactly what baptism signifies, and in that order, the most important idea is that we have been taken out of one state and put into another. We have had an experience similar to that of the Jews after they had been brought through the Red Sea. They were joined to Moses, and now we are joined to Christ. Or, to put it in the words of Galatians 3.27, we have been clothed with Christ. We are in Christ's uniform. And, when that, and what that means, if we look backward, is that we have died to whatever has gone before. We died to the old life when Christ transferred us to the new one." End quote. I find myself resonating with his logic and his uh, positioning on that. And so uh, I, I tend to see Romans 6 and its use of the word baptism there as a, as a metaphor, shall we say, of our deep immersion into Christ, of our transference into his life and death. However, that does not mean that we look lightly or take for granted the actual ordinance of water baptism. In fact, quite the opposite. As I said Sunday, I think water baptism does picture Romans 6, though I don't think Paul had that in mind when he wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Romans 6. Still, I do think many um, Christians 
underplay, can I use that word underplay, undervalue the ordinance of water baptism. And so let me, even though I may not think Romans 6 means the actual ordinance of water baptism, let me bring some encouragement, some um, pastoral nudges regarding water baptism and how I think the Bible lays it out for us and how we practice it here at First Family. Um, We do believe, in a nutshell, that uh, baptism in the New Testament is immersion after conversion. And so those are the simple words we use to describe it. Um, We also believe that it is, in the New Testament, the pattern is clearly uh, that is done promptly or quickly. You just don't find in the New Testament a situation where someone's waiting years or they're saying things like, well, I'm, I'm praying about it, or I'm waiting till perhaps I'm ready. In the New Testament, conversion was the point of readiness. And so when you were converted, when you believed in the gospel and put your faith in Jesus, then you got baptized. Um, the uh, one that Philip witnessed to in Acts, he saw water from a distance, and he said, what's hindering me from getting baptized? And so he was baptized just immediately after he was converted. The same is true for those who are at Pentecost. And this seems to be the the normal biblical pattern, is that it is a prompt response to conversion, and the biblical pattern is it's by immersion. The Bible says that Jesus came up out of the water, um, and the word used to describe baptisms in various places is the word meaning to dip. So it's very, very difficult textually to make a case for any kind of sprinkling Um, baptism by immersion after conversion is the consistent New Testament pattern. Furthermore, uh, there's not a single record in the New Testament of an infant being baptized, though admittedly there are children being baptized. I think of Acts 16 especially, and yet if you read Acts 16, the jailer's born again. He takes Paul to his home, and Paul shares the same message with his family. And so the insinuation of the text is that the family believed, including the children, and then they were baptized there in that home. The text does not in any way imply that Paul just went to the home and indiscriminately baptized these people who were part of this man's family. The, 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 text, uh, the storyline of the text is, while Paul shared with his family what he shared with the jailer in that crisis moment, and they believed as well, and then they were dipped or baptized or immersed. And so, again, it's immersion after conversion. It's the consistent, clear New Testament pattern. And when there are children, they are baptized after confession, or we'll say conversion. Um, there, there's no record of baptism in anyone's life pre-conversion. There is a record, though, of someone converting to Christ and not being baptized and still being promised entrance into, and the word used in the text is paradise. I'm referring to the thief on the cross. And so we would say as well that that baptism, water baptism, by immersion after conversion is not a condition of salvation, but a result of it. And so just understand, if you're hearing this today and listening and curious about baptism, the things I said Sunday got you thinking about it, if you are a truly born-again Christian, and you've not yet been baptized, you're actually disobeying the very first command given to those uh, who are believers. In Matthew 28, this is the first thing that's to happen to a believer in the discipleship process. 
Uh, they're to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they're to be baptized, and then they're to be taught. And so um, let me just pastorally exhort you. Let me just kind of gently, as your shepherd, urge you and nudge you towards taking this step of obedience. And can I ask you to eliminate from, from your language things like, I'm praying about it, or I'm thinking about it, or I'm, I'm, I'm pondering it. The truth is, the Bible's given us commands. One of those is to be immersed after conversion as a picture of our identification with Christ, burying the old life and being raised to walk in a new life. <clears throat> and so if you've not yet been baptized, man, I just uh, I want to kind of nudge you. Obey the Scriptures, both in the Scriptures' example and in the Scriptures' command, and, and be baptized. We would love to talk with you about that, hear your testimony, and have you share that with our church on the day of your baptism. And I just want to encourage you and nudge you and pastorally lead you to greater and deeper obedience to what God says about baptism. Well, thanks for joining me today on this Extra Point podcast. I hope it's been helpful, insightful, and I especially hope today that it's um, kind of pushed you towards obedience, because in obedience we find growth. I'll talk to you next week on the Extra Point podcast.